Hey everybody, how's it going? We're putting away our potato chips. Are you all greasy? Uh, yeah. That's gross. We are sitting outside. What will next week be? The U.S. Embassy. We weren't allowed to take a picture, so I took the best selfie I could. Maybe we'll take a picture from far of the guard standing there. Oh, that's a good idea. And um, this is the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, keeping you connected to what's going on in Israel. And there's a lot going on in Israel. Oh, my. I am feeling so overwhelmed. <laughs> well, what's overwhelming you, Alan? What's, let's hear your list. Well, so I feel like it's that Seinfeld episode of worlds colliding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think of Perfect Storm. You think of worlds colliding. I think mean, worlds colliding. Like everything's coming together. So we have just today, um, um, it's kind of the day after, um, President Trump announced that uh, America is pulling out of the um, JCPOA. Which is the basically the deal with Iran, the Iran, the, deal. The Iran deal with the uh, with the world, basically, right? The Security Council people, and uh, and the world's still here. <laughs> it didn't end. People seem to, but that that's kind of on the on the docket for this week. And next week, we have the convergence of so many different things. May fourteenth, the Gregorian date of the seventieth year anniversary of the Declaration of the State of Israel. Um, the United States is moving their embassy from from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and I must say, I take my hat. I have to eat my hat. I did not think it was going to happen this fast when President Trump announced it back in November. I was like, "Well, he'll still. It'll take him years oh, to that's build." That's for sure what I that. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we both never predicted I for sure that he so was going to dilly dally. I have to eat my hat. He like said it, and he's doing it. Um, but it also is the day before what the Palestinians call the Nakba, which is May 15th, um, which is the day that the British mandate actually ended. Um, so the, they have the big Nakba day there, they have, which they call the catastrophe, the commemoration of the catastrophe that the State of Israel was established. And, and in their minds, um, uh, Palestinians were, were stole, the Israelis stole the Palestinian lands. But it's not only that, but the last few weeks, if you've been paying attention to the um, news, there have been uh, many incidents uh, on the Gaza border, which has been called the March of Return, really has been sparked by this March of Return, which is supposed to, uh, which is leading up to May 15th. That's when the big march is supposed to be. So May 14th is the, is the Gregorian date of Nakba, the opening, uh, Gregorian date of the State of Israel, opening of the Jerusalem, uh, the embassy in Jerusalem. May 15th, the Palestinians commemorate the catastrophe. And that night of May 15th, which is Tuesday night, is also the beginning of Ramadan, which is, of course, the Muslim uh, month-long holiday um, of fasting and prayer and, and eating at night, which ends in a couple festival days, um, which is their big, really their, bi- their big holiday, which is also can be very tense times here in Israel because it's also a time where there can be, can be protests and... And, Look, and I mean, attacks, terrorist attacks. On the one hand, on the security front, Israel is telling people in the north, in the Golan, to open the uh, public uh, shelters, to be ready for bomb shelters. On the other hand, they're saying continue business as normal. Right. Because we're, we're prepared. The anti-missile batteries are being set up. We'll be prepared, but we right. can be cautiously optimistic that things should well, be that, okay. Well, that seemed to be a very last night. Michael was talking about last night. There was a very clear directive for the as he said, the, those in the Golan to prepare for a possible attack from because they they 
identified Iranians taking out missiles out of storage areas, which then were blown up. Um, Israel never takes responsibility for these things, but all the news and everything is saying that Israel then uh, blew well, up Well, it wasn't missiles, America, and so. it wasn't France, and it wasn't Great Britain, and it certainly wasn't Russia. So who was it? Spontaneous combustion. That could be also. God. It could have been God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a mission of God. Yeah, exactly. So it's because we're sitting in the cars. We're feeling that. So, <laughs> so that that that. Um, so it's like all these things coming together. I'm feeling very overwhelmed by the just the confluence. Is that right? The confluence mm-hmm. of of events that are coming coming together. That's fair. <laughs> but what are we going to do? <laughs> I think for this plotting. episode, let's let's break it down into its components. Great. And for Great today. Idea. I'm worried the air conditioning is coming out on the podcast. Yeah. So we're going to have to schmitz a little. Open the, yeah, open the window a little. Uh, oh, yeah, that's quiet. Well, okay, listener, would you rather hear my air conditioner or the traffic going by us as we symbolically record near the new embassy? Sitting right outside the embassy. We're sitting I'm right looking outside. at the American flag. It is a beautiful flag. Long may she wait. But, um... But, um... Yeah, I think that may have more symbolic power than... I don't know. I, I find myself much more excited than I had expected to be. Okay. I kind of like wanted to, to be here. It's a, I mean, something's been talked about for 20 years now. All right. Well, more, listen. Here, here I'll take your years. picture with the American flag, Alan. This is for my mom. Oh, yeah, put your hand down, though. <laughs> and that's that. Well, I think that actually for today, I think that in the, in the short term, analyzing the repercussions of the Iran deal is more crucial than talking about the embassy moving, especially since what's going to happen next week with the embassy moving? We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, A and B. I, I don't know that it'll have that dramatic... Uh... I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think combined with this whole Gaza, it's hard to see where it's going to go, and with the Iran deal. But I think you're right. Let's start, as they say in Hebrew, para, para. Right. right? Take each each thing as it is so we don't confuse too many things. So starting with the Iran, which is which has really happened last night and today and has been building for the last couple of weeks. Last night, President Trump announced that America was pulling out of the JCPOA, what we colloquially refer to as the Iran deal. Now, why, why are we worried about Iran having a nuclear weapon? And why is Israel in particular worried about Iran having a nuclear weapon? What's the connection between Iran and Israel? It seems to me that since they're a country that doesn't border us at all, there's Jordan and Iraq in between us and Iran, what is their issue with us? So it's certainly been an Islamic uh, rallying call, you could say. And the interesting thing is the Iranians are not Arab. Many people make this mistake. They they're are Persian. Persian. They're not Arab, but they are Muslim. And, of course, they are mostly, for the vast majority, they're the biggest Shia Muslim country. Even though there are Shia Muslims in other countries, like in other countries, Yemen, so to speak, or, or of course, Iraq, Iraq Syria. The, the major Shia country, you know, majority is in, in Iran. Um, and so when the, when the radical fundamentalist Shia government took over in 79, right, in the revolution, when they threw out the Shah, well, that, it was also a reversal of the Shah. The Shah was actually, the, Iran had been actually an ally of Israel. Right. And so that goes through a whole transformation. And, of course, Israel is, under that transformation... Um, becomes a uh, a main enemy and a rallying cry, like it is for like it, it has been for much of the Muslim world at different times. So um, it makes so it makes Iran anti-Israel because of their fundamentalist Muslim theocratic nature. Right. They're anti the Sunni Arab countries in the region, like Saudi Arabia, etc. And 
they're anti-American in stance because America represents the rest, traditionally referred to by the Ayatollah Khomeini as right. the Great Satan. Right. I mean, that's the other way, is that Israel is a very close ally of America, which, you know, we, for me, growing up anyway, the, the vision of the Iranian revolution of the Islamic fundamentalists was the, the taking hostage of the embassy workers. And growing up, and remembering putting a yellow ribbon around, uh, you know, everything and trees, and waiting for them to in come America. Home. You mean we put up in yellow America. ribbons for yeah. the American uh, diplomats to be returned yeah. from uh, host- being Iranian right. hostages? So, and uh, Israel being uh, an ally so okay. So now, so uh, lots of countries have nuclear weapons because Iran has this anti-Western stance. The danger is them having a nuclear weapon. Is it dangerous for them to have a nuclear weapon if they promise not to use it? <laughs> well, I think the first, of course, the first most important thing to understand about the the nuclear weapons is it's, it will throw off the whole power dynamics in the in the Middle East. That's where it comes down to. Really, what you have squaring off are like Saudi Arabia and Iran are squaring off against each other, and and Iran is continually trying to take over more and more, uh, more and more land, more and more area. Uh, more and more countries. Essentially, the Middle East is currently a civil war between the Saudis on one side and the Iranians on the other for who's going to have hegemony in the region. Right, I've heard it described as a cold war because they're both using proxies, really. Even better. Uh, You know, really proxies. They're fighting in Yemen, they're fighting in Syria, they're fighting in Iraq. Right. Through, it's more of a cold war. Right, and and of course, the proxy for Iran, most, most in Israel's face, is Hezbollah. Um, Even though it's... So again, even if Iran doesn't use the nuclear bomb... They will have the ability to freeze. In other words, let's say they do something really outrageous. Let's say they murder the 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 king of Saudi Arabia. Correct. Yes. If they have a nuclear bomb, there's not much you can do about it. Right. Them having a nuclear bomb means that they're more or less attack-proof because nobody wants to. We haven't been in a nuclear war since 1945. The first right. nuclear use of nuclear bombs was the last. Right. So. So what they do is they make themselves more or less untouchable to perpetuate whatever actions they want. That's or, even right. if they don't use right. the nuclear bomb. Right, or at least a, a, lo- a higher, le- like a lower level engagement. It won't, won't, you know, people are for, will be afraid of well, right uh, now, upping the ante, you could say. Well, but they and don't, they, they have to be, what I'm saying is they, they will be less afraid to up the ante because they Iran have... Iran will be. Yeah. But I'm saying the other countries... We'll, we'll now have afraid. to be very cautious we'll about raising the ante on them. Exactly. That's a bad. So that would mean Saudi Arabia would have to get nuclear. And now you have a nuclear arms race in the Middle East. Right. A competition of two nuclear powers in the Middle East. And by the way, it means that also the weaker countries who, are, who waver between where to go will go over to Iran because they'll be perceived as the stronger of the two because they have a nuclear weapon. And maybe whether they want it or not. Yeah. Now, that's if they don't use it. If they do use it. Well, I mean, you're talking about... Well, first of all, the region's so small, so it's going to affect... I don't you know, think that's so true. I mean, it's pretend, I, don't, I don't know enough about I know I know people talk about different so kinds I'll, of I, 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 I'll show you a know. website that you can... You can uh, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I've done... I've been, I've been... I don't know why I'm fascinated by this. I've been right. for years reading about Hiroshima and Nagasaki and, and nuclear uh, brinksmanship. It, it, uh, the type of bomb that, let's say, North Korea has now... Yeah. It, that could kill a few hundred thousand Israelis if it landed in a densely populated area. The Iranians to do... Oh, well, and what would the fallout be, though? Like in no. terms of environmental and stuff like that? No, I mean, negligible. I oh, mean, yeah. no. If you live there and you get cancer, it's not negligible. But if you're talking about... If you're talking about statistically, can you decapitate Israel with a nuclear bomb? Like, the answer is no. Right. It would take... 
many nuclear bombs that would have to get past Israeli fail-safes. They would have to launch, I don't know, 20, 50 into right. Israel to get enough to land to do a serious oh, really? enough damage. Yeah, which they could do. Right. But the, the, the problem isn't that they could build up enough nukes to attack Israel. That's enough of a problem. The problem is even if they don't use nukes, they've changed the power dynamics of the Middle East just by having them. Right. That's why them having them is intolerable. Right. That's exactly the problem. Right. So the U.S. decided they had to stop them from having them. How do you stop them from having them? They made this deal. They, ra- they, they, they blocked off the Iranian economy from Western business. Which, which is called sanctions. That's called sanctions. Cut them off, plunged their economy into real trouble, held their money that they had in banks, and didn't let them access their own money. Unless they agreed... Like international yeah, investments yeah, yeah. and savings in banks, right? Yeah. It really put a really bad blow to their economy. And they said, if you want us to change that behavior, then you have to change your behavior. You have to show us that you got rid of your ability to make nuclear weapons. Right. Now, as BB showed last week, they lied for years saying, we're not making nuclear weapons. We're making right. nuclear power. Right. And right. everybody knew they were lying. They knew they were lying. We knew they were lying. And the nuclear deal was, look, we all know you're lying. Cut it out, and we'll talk about right. relieving sanctions. And we but cannot I'm, trust you because you're liars. There have to be ways to... I think, there's a, I think there's a, that's one of the points of contention in the whole thing, which is not digging deep into it, but the different sides. Because one says, no, that, the, the, that there was a claim that, that their, their whole um, uh, program was, was for nuclear energy. And not it was, and not. Um, but like, eventually, look. When, once the JCPOA comes into effect, once the Iran deal is made, they have people on site shutting down their ability to develop nuclear power, let alone nuclear weapons. Right. And they pour concrete down into. I mean, and you have inspectors. No, no. I'm just saying. That, right. That's once it goes in. The question is the the, the back end. Like, what's the whole basis of it? Because the basis of it is they're lying. Right. The basis is they're lying, but they're those who. There are those in the deal claim that 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 was not the. Sorry, but th- that the 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 lies up end the entire deal because yeah, the, I don't understand the, the, that because that's apparently whatever I was just reading about a little bit today um, that you know part of the JCPOA was the assumption that there were not. I mean, it isn't. Everything has to be verified, right? So that I'm not relying on their honesty. In the JCPOA, I honestly sure. look. I, I, I think there were listen. There are real valid criticisms yeah. of the JCPOA. I don't think. I think that the inspection regimen could have been stronger. But I don't think it falls below the bar of at least good enough. Now you could say, why would you make an Iran deal where the inspection regimen is just good enough? It should be a robust inspection regimen, and that's perfectly valid. But it did pass the line, as far as I can tell, of. We can tell if they're... Making nuclear bombs isn't something you can do in your grandmother's basement. It takes cities devoted to industrial... A city size... Not if you watch 24. Oh, 24. <laughs> they, they have them every uh, Monday and Donnerstag. Yeah. But in real life, you need... That's why, that's why even terrorists to get nuclear weapons, which is another threat of Iran having nuclear weapons, they could pass right. it on to a third party. But terrorists can't make nuclear weapons. You need an industrial-sized nation to make a nuclear... You have to enrich right. enough... Uranium-235 or plutonium. It's enormous infrastructure. infrastructure. Which also also makes it hard to hide. Wow, when that truck went by, the sound got so much better. So, (laughs) that leaves us with... 
Okay, so then what? So then what was wrong with the JCPOA, according to critics, was that it focused so exclusively on their ability to make nuclear bombs that it ignored all the horrible things that the Iranians are doing in the world in the middle of this Middle Eastern Cold War. How come he gets to take pictures? I know, I was noticing that before, too. Because his shirt says dork? Maybe we could take a picture from where he's standing. Uh, his shirt literally says dork. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like a bad move. Basically, the idea is, look, they are, they are causing hundreds of thousands of deaths in Yemen. They are continuously destabilizing Syria, destabilizing Syria, propping up Assad, promoting the killing of people, right. and keeping Hezbollah at the Israeli border, and building up bases for Hezbollah, which is an Iranian proxy army of Lebanese Shiites, right. to attack Israel. They're doing all these horrible things, and there's nothing in the deal that addresses any of that. In fact, according to the deal, the U.S. shouldn't sanction them for those things because they are in compliance with the nuclear part. That's the real flaw in the deal. Right, but that was also, I mean, I think that was the flaw for many, for many years of only focusing on the nukes. Well, the question is, diplomatically, you know, why was BB pushing the nukes, the nukes, yeah. the nukes as the issue? I don't know. Yeah, not only BB, others also, I mean, <laughs> you know, that, 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 in other words, it's the focus on that. that. I guess it's because the, the, the nukes is a game changer. I mean, the fact that they are doing all these terrible things around the world and in the region... Right? Is the status quo. It's the status quo. And that's not going to change. Like, it's not going to change. But once they get a nuke, that status quo changes. I think it's a and really important what... criticism of the Iran deal that it, 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 it doesn't just enable the status quo to continue. It enshrines the status quo and makes it Im- right. almost impossible for the West to oppose the status quo of Iranian evil, bad action. And it, 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 it makes the West, it ties the hands of the West to respond to it. Because raising sanctions now is tied directly to them not developing nuclear weapons. And nobody's accusing Iran of developing but, nuclear weapons. So, and so why is it important for us in this discussion that we're not like an Iranian nuclear you know, thing? is because that one of the major things that Iran has been doing for many years is supplying Hezbollah with very advanced weaponry. Um, and not only and Hamas also, but that goes on and off depending. But uh, certainly Hezbollah, which is the main tactic... Throughout and throughout the cover of this Syrian civil war, so oh yeah, so look, it's it's, even without the nukes, this JCPOA deal is a direct threat to Israel. Right, they don't even if they don't get the nukes. Right, it means the West can't do much to stop them from building up bases in Lebanon. Look, the Iranians have their fingers in Israel keeps bombing them. Right, They, they have their fingers in Yemen. Right, they have their fingers in Iraq. They have their fingers in Syria. They have their fingers in Lebanon, and that's just the open, obvious ones. So, so, and they are destabilizing the region, and the West hands are tied. But and, and I don't think I think people when and they, they like again and was this whether you agree with BB going to Congress or not, and all you know all of those uh, issues. I think that people don't understand how much of a direct threat is an is Israel's basic major existential threat. It comes from Iran. It's. I, I would argue it's our only remaining. Correct. Israel hasn't been invaded by an uh, by an Arab national army since 1973. Muzzle. Right. 
By any uh, army. Right, right, by, any by any nation's army right. since 1973. Correct. It's been dealing with terrorism. Now you have a nation state which, for ideological reasons, hates the state of Israel, says it needs to be destroyed, and is developing. It's Israel's only existential uh, threat enemy that could, in theory, with difficulty, and it will take... It's not, they, it's not when they cross a nuclear threshold. It's when they build a nuclear arsenal that they pose an existential uh, threat to Israel. Correct. But even now, they pose the biggest threat to Israel. Right. Really, through Hezbollah and Hamas. Uh, um, it, it, it's a state, again... Uh, we, we by the way, why, why was the JCPOA so poorly put together? If you're making a deal with Iran, and we had them under pressure, and we had them under sanctions, why did it come out so poorly? Uh, I mean, I have my I mean, theory. I mean, I guess you think my theory. I mean, it was a theory like everything. It's diplomatic. It's you know. Yeah, I think it was diplomatic I mean, malpractice. Uh, Pre- President Obama was coming to the end of his, you know. End I of think his John Kerry, John, John Kerry, Kerry, as Secretary of State, personally oversaw it as his personal pet project. You never do that. It was the, you have a team. You never do that. You have a team that works on it because you get involved in making it happen. And I think the Americans got so desperate to make it happen that they they gave away way too yeah. much. Look, it was the major. The major accomplishment of the pre- of the Obama administration in terms of foreign policy, but pretty much yeah. everyone agrees that it was deeply flawed, including when we he didn't get into specifics, and maybe right. we might disagree about the degree of some of the flaws. But Dan Shapiro said need a lot of improvement. Right. Trump campaigned on I'm going to take it out. Right. There was enormous counter pressure, especially from Europe. Europeans have been visiting the the French, the Germans, and the British came to convince Trump that let's make it a better deal. Let's not cancel the deal. Yeah. Didn't work. No, <laughs> it didn't work. He, he their argument he has being, his own mind. Yeah. Now their argument was, okay, it's sun. This oh, but the other objection is it sunsets in like seven to ten years. They can start making nuclear bombs, and there's nothing to do about it other than we can bring back the sanctions. And that's why right. the sunsetting argument I don't find so compelling, right. because then you just go back to sanctions. Right. In other words, the deal. Once the deal ends, the deal says, okay, if you want us to. Keep away the sanctions. You got to renew the deal. So, uh, could they have gotten a deal without a sunset? I don't know. And 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 that to me bothers me, frankly, less than the than the narrowness of the of the Iranian obligation. But that, but which uh, to me is a fundamental flaw. But so, the Iranians aren't building nukes in the meantime. So what, what are you talking? The question is: Do you wait for the sunset and then deal with it, or do you cancel the deal now? Now, is, America technically is the party in violation of the deal. Europe, Europe is probably. European countries have announced they're not leaving the deal. Iran has not really made a clear response yet. But but let's be honest, are are European companies going to be able to continue to do business with Iran without America making it hard for them to do business with America? Which means that they're probably going to pull up. By the way, the Iranian economy, with all of the Iran deal from the West, Uh is a disaster. By the way, don't don't forget. Also, there's lots of like you know, there's I don't know the word. There's lots of nuance that comes in now, and how much is you know how how strict is America going to be about the sanctions in terms of Europe and all of those? Nobody knows. Yeah, it's also interesting that both presidents. Let's see if this works a little better. Moving your mic. Huh. Uh, both presidents are making this as presidential executive actions instead of right. in American politics going to the Senate and making a treaty that would be stable. That's part of the difficulty in America. Both presidents are just right, that's, using that's the, their presidential power, which is less... That's the main issue in America. But So what are our students supposed to take out of this whole 
I don't, I don't what know. are they supposed to do with this? I don't know. You're, you can have any opinion you want. You can say that the JCPOA was flawed, but it was working, so we should have kept in it. You can say, no, let's re-enable the sanctions and bring them back to the negotiate table and force them to make a deal that is really more in our favor and not a, a deal that gives away way too much. I think anyone with any intellectual honesty has to say, I honestly don't know if what'll work. That's Trump's plan, right? I'm going to bring them back to the negotiate. I'm going to scare them back to the negotiating table and do a deal that's better. Right. Because they have the weak hand. Their economy is a disaster. Their whole currency is in free fall. And, and how long... We know that there are undercurrents of destabilization among the Persians who hate the... A good chunk of the people don't like the theocratic regime. So Trump's rolling the dice... I don't know that he has a, a plan B so, right. if Iran doesn't decide to come back to the table. I'll tell you what, what worries me, really. What worries you, Alan? Really? The prominence that that Israel and Prime Minister Netanyahu is playing in all of this. I was WhatsApping with my son-in-law. We were watching live. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. So You were WhatsApping with my son-in-law? Uh, yeah. Oh, he didn't tell you? Oh, man. No, I dude, I was, playing, I was watching live. Uh, I was so left out. No, but I was watching it, and he said, and he WhatsApp me, oh, man. Don't mention BB. Don't mention BB. Don't mention BB. And yeah. I wrote back to him, "Are you kidding? It's coming." Yeah, of course. And BB's show was part of the statement of. Yeah. No. I mean. The, uh, I mean. Which is really a sideshow. The Iranians lied. Is not. It's not. It's always show. I, it's it's the it's this amazing thing that we talked about before with Ambassador Shapiro, the the Mossad, you know. Oh, that's cool. No, but stealing those documents that that gave some justification for now. Like, why now, oh, and no, not six doesn't. months ago? But he used no, it. it. But Trump used it. In his I know, speech. but it's not. I'm not confi- uh, that, that to me. Look, he campaigned that it's a bad deal. We should break right. it. That's a strong argument. Uh, no, you can agree or disagree. Show, but it made it into a speech. That's what I mean by a sideshow. That's just that's just smoke and mirrors to make it look more compelling. Why now? It may- why is Trump doing it now? And why didn't he do it six? Every six months, they had to. The United right. States has to recertify that Iran is in compliance with the deal. That's part of the checks. Right. Of so the why deal. now? So he's recertified it now. This is what his fourth time around. Uh huh. Why now? Why not now? Because he said he would. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, could we look another no. He just decided since last week that since B, he was going to recertify this week. No, but Macron was since, there the week before. They knew since, they've known since February, January, February. That what? That they had these files. It's not because of the files. I'm not saying he it's promised only it on because the campaign of files. Trip. I'm saying it's part of the. The files is 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 Trump's and BB's way of creating the context it, that'll sway public opinion. Exactly. To them. Exactly. That's politics. Exactly. That's not. No, but so so I'm saying Trump and BB. Those girls oh, are going yeah. together. That's my oh, problem. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that does no that, That's my point. And that, that's what scares me. Kilo makes me, you know, because as we talk more and more about how Israel's become more, uh, more and more of a, um, of a uh, divided issue in Israel, in America, in American politics between uh, Republicans and Democrats. Um, well, again, now you're getting, you you're know. worried that this will create a political divide in the states of support of Israel. Excuse yes. me. A hiccup. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm worried. Okay. I'm worried. Uh, you know, it's one Listen, thing to put on the radar. That's the worst thing. That's one part of the radar. That's the worst thing. That I'm always comes like, out of- I'm always like, you know, is this good for the Jews? Right. Right. Uh, the old age-old question. Yeah, I hear and, that. And uh, and I and the prominence that Israel's playing in the public relations battle of this worries me. Okay, but let's say okay, so let, let's play it out. Let's say Iran comes to the negotiating table on its knees. They come back and yeah. they make a much tougher deal. The Iranian regime then collapses, and a democratic republic of Iran is is born yeah, that's great. from all this. Everyone's going to look at Israel and say, 
Good work, Israel. Good work, Trump. We know. We know you're the optimist. I'm the pessimist when it comes to... Uh, I'm not saying that'll happen. I'm I just know. I know you're not. We are playing very yeah. dangerous games here. And I, I don't know. I, I see the, the pluses and minuses of both approaches. Right. Listen, when By they the signed way, the Iran deal, to- I said, God, I hope this works. I hope they're right. The Trump cancels the Iran deal. I say, God, I hope this works. I hope he's right. I don't know. And I, and I have to give BB credit. I, you have to give BB credit. You know, where it's due. You know, he he has stuck to his guns. He's, I, I, from what I understand of him, he believes this is an existential. This is the biggest existential. I generally believe, yeah. even, even though politicians lie to convince you of things, their basic status positions that they stand for, right. I think they believe in. That's my rule of thumb. And, and this is what he's been fighting for I for almost two decades. It. And yeah. he believes it. And he stuck to his guns. Like when he, we, he, well, we, he, he was we, willing he's to butt heads. for the end of making sure they don't have nukes. The question is, is the ideal keeping them away from nukes for the next seven years the right means? No, now he's fighting right. against that deal. He's not fighting against Iranian nukes. He's fighting against the means No, because of, he thinks that, that that means is is going to bring them nukes. Okay, but that's, that's right. That, I think, is harder to... No, I'm saying, I'm just giving him that he's sticking to his guns, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and he's got two By the big way, wins. Big, he had a huge setback. He had a huge setback a huge in the Iran setback. deal because... Uh, they said, okay, you've been complaining about the bomb. Now they won't have a bomb for 10 years. Right. And he said, yeah, but they're doing all this other stuff. Yeah. Okay, but you didn't... That's not what you've been talking about. Right. But, but, I mean, he's had two... And now he's had two huge wins this within this week. Huge. Think, right? This Iran, the Council of the Iran deal, and then the opening of the embassy in Jerusalem. That's no, like... Uh, no, no pun intended when I said huge. That was yeah. just me from Brooklyn without even channeling yeah, yeah. Uh, President Trump. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so... It is. It is definitely true, and I think that. So I think you got to give BB credit where where it's due. Mm-hmm. And as a as a pro-Israel position, you also have to say that Trump is doing things that no American president has done. One hundred percent. And the, and the question is: Is that good for Israel? I don't know. Is it good to move the embassy? Does that endanger Jewish lives? Does it improve? I think the way we can measure if it's good for Israel, because we don't really know, and that's a future thing that we'll never really know. Obviously, in my is, gut, in my bones, it feels great. Like, no, I'm I saying, just I think, feel great. Uh, what I like to kind of think of it like this is, it, what does the consensus think in Israel? Yeah. And the consensus is 100% behind this move. Yeah. The consensus in Israel, both sides of the political uh, aisle, are 100% behind this move. And, and, I, and I think that I the think argument is, it, you, you, can all, you, you can't base diplomacy on lies because it's going to make somebody uncomfortable. Yeah. Let's start with the truth. And then we'll work from there. So if you're worried about angering Arabs because of the reality that Jews are from the capital, you're not going to be able to make progress. You've, you've right. set back into, okay, so let's negotiate from the point of illusion. Yep. I shared an article today from Mosaic. It was I forgot where the source of the article was, but Mosaic was like re-linking it. It was, uh, Abbas made this mealy-mouth apology after yep. when, when he got blasted. The New York Times got blasted. The UN tried to write right. a resolution about him, but didn't make it. Well, you know he gets blasted in the New York Times. Things are bad. Things are bad, so he made a fake apology. It wasn't a convincing apology, but isn't that amazing? A few people open their mouths, a resolution doesn't get passed in the UN, and he backs off. Imagine if for the last 10 years, 15 years, people around the world have been saying, dude, cut out the garbage, cut out the incitement, cut out the lies, and work on building a better future for your people. If he's this wimpy, Uh, maybe they could have pushed him along. So I have have a, 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 a... a truth bias. I think that truth is always the better starting point. So for me, it's hard for me to imagine that this, whatever short-term problems can come from moving the embassy, it's the truth, man. Right. No, I, I, I would have to agree with that. 
you know and I think that that's I, 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 that's why I'm so I think I'm so moved by this symbolic you've convinced gesture. me you've convinced me I, was, yeah. I thought ah, you're not going to hear it on the podcast but I'm feeling it man yeah. I'm looking at that American flag wave you look at the American flag you know that that's going to be the embassy like this is this is bigger for now although they are going to move the embassy to the diplomat <laughs> they have another place yeah, the, Ready? The, the, I thought they were searching still. No, the Diplomat Hotel, it's a little controversial because there's like all these like indigent... Indi- indigent? Indigent people living there now. What's, where are they going to go? What's huh. going to be? Oh, wow. So. By the way, if you go to uh, like the State Department website, it's being revised. It's in like a holding pattern. So for things like, is Jerusalem in Israel now? Like on... On passport, you can't get any. There's like it's blocked. There's no information. There, so, the whole State Department's reassessing. Well, it's going to throw them into because after President Trump announced in November that they're moving the embassy, so that question came up. So are people are now going to get, and the State Department said no, they're not. Right. But well, it seems now, kind of crazy. Yeah. Now you know it's they're actually moving it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it is a uh, cool historic moment. That we are all alive to see, thank God. And uh, even with even with the fact that it comes... Look, when Ben-Gurion declared the state, people were pretty terrified. Because the threats were very real. Right. But sometimes you have to... But there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That this will lead to something better. Right. Okay. Wow. So now we just have to wait and see as worlds collide. As the, as the uh, Perfect storm, storm perfects. <laughs> uh, all right. And we'll continue uh, next week. I, I thought when we started this that we would mostly be doing a podcast dealing with current events and background to those current events. Yeah. I guess I could have guessed that things would be this tumultuous, but I didn't. Uh, Did you? Uh, well, because I'm feeling tumultuous, so maybe I was, I was pushing it there. All right. Well, it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted. Uh, you keep coming back to us and recommending it to your friends. Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Jerusalem U, the Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Please feel free to subscribe through whichever service you use. Also, come join us on the Facebook page and ask us questions and keep up to date with what we're doing. We love feedback. Also, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes and review and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. It would make a very big difference for us. And you would earn our eternal gratitude. Thanks so much. 